If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, if you would. So I'm just going to take you to the verse I'm going to read. We're going to be in the fifth chapter of the uh, of 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to start out with verse 17. Uh, and then I'm going to go back a little bit and, 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 and sort of get into our message, if I would, uh, that if, if indeed that's what he had me to do. Uh, I got to thinking about uh, uh, about a new creature. And I thought about, you know, uh, uh, as we was growing up, Carolyn, when we heard about creature, we thought about, uh, you know, creature of the Black Lagoon or, or things like that, you know, in the old scary movies. Uh, and that's what we related a creature to, if you would. Uh, yeah, when I was a young child, that's all I knew, Brother Gene. Uh, I'll sit down and watch them old, uh, old, old scary movies and always a creature from something. A creature from outer space, a, a creature from the desert or the jungle, wherever. Uh, that's what creature pertained to. But uh, hearing God's Word is, is another term for creature. And He's talking about His children. And he talks about that if any man be in Christ or woman, let me just go and get that clarified. I don't want to be a bigot here tonight. If any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. All things are passed away, but behold, all things have become new. And I think about that tonight, church, as, as we get into tonight's message, and, and I, I'm not going to ask you to stand because I've already started without you, and so uh, if you can catch up, I'd appreciate it. Uh, we are God's creatures. Uh, he looks at His children as something that's valuable in His life. Uh, where is the creation, uh, if, if, you say, if you will? Uh, God created us. He loves us. He created us in His image. He sent His own Son to die for His own children because we held a special place in our Heavenly Father's heart. And let me tell you something. When Moses went on the mountain, all he looked was saw was a burning bush. We're not allowed to look upon the face because we were what God had created and it wasn't for man to look upon God as far as Moses was concerned. And it still holds true today. God loves His children. But until we leave this old world and get reunited with a glorified body, if you will, we're not going to be able to look upon the face of God. And that's just the way it's going to be. That's one thing that we have... That's part of the rules or regulations, if you would. Until we leave this world, we're not going to be able to look upon the face of God. Now, I know God spoke to a lot of us. God lives in us. He directs us sometimes. Uh, as a matter of fact, He gives us a new meaning in everything that we do. Because we, when we hit our knees to pray, we pray to Him. We pray to, to God through the name of Christ Jesus. Uh, that's what He asks us to do. No man can come to the Father except through Him. So we've got to go to through Jesus to talk to our Heavenly Father. And so don't think that our message or our prayers are not being heard because they are. But that's what He just asked us to do because there's still some certain requirements, if you would, for God's creatures being new or old, whatever it may be, be, there's some requirements that He still asks us to do. Because that's what it should be. You know, God's a holy. There's, there's, perfection is all around Him. And we should not be able to look upon His face until it's our time. Brother Jack Browning's a winner either way. He's looking upon the face of our Heavenly Father as we speak tonight. 
him and Sister Grace both. And as I preached, I don't know if they're going to be standing inside them pearly gates waiting for me when I come through or for all of us as church family. Church, you got to understand, Jack and Grace love this church. I'll never forget his story that he told behind this church. Him and Grace just got in a car one one Sunday morning and started driving. Said it would follow, they followed a cloud and it brought them to here. And here's where they spent the rest of their days serving the Lord and, and ministering and, 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 and being for, for those and being with those that love the Lord. Jack and him loved it here. But tonight, he's a winner either way. He's a new creature, if you will. You know, old things are passed away. And all things have become new. Praise be unto God. And that's what we're looking for, that, that, that we can apply that to our lives if it be God's will. But that's not my message tonight. That's, the, again, the prelude, if you would, to the message. If you would, go back to the 11th verse of the second, uh, second Corinthians in chapter number 5. That's where I'm going to begin my message tonight, if I can. And I'm just going to get us to the point to where we become a new creature. Because that's what we're striving for. The new creature. The 99 year old lady that Ray spoke about tonight, she's become a new creature. Those who went home to be with the Lord this week, uh, and if you knew them or not, uh, uh, they've become a new creature in Christ. If they knew the Lord. If they confessed with mouth. I mean, let me clarify that, Brother Gene, if I may. If they had made that profession of faith, and repenting their sins, like John the Baptist asked us to do, uh, repent. That's all he asked to do when he was standing in the river. Because one day, Christ is coming. Repent. That's all he asked us to do. Repent our sins. If we do that, we can become a new creature. We could. And it got validated when Christ stepped into that river. Or in that pool of water. When, when John the Baptist baptized him, it become validated in our lives that that's what should all man do to become a new creature. In 11th, verse, in 11th verse, it reads this, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Now I know that's sort of going from daylight to dark, from a new creature to the terror of the Lord, but this has meaning with it. The terror of the Lord allows us to persuade men, the Word says right here. Now I know you can read it right here behind me. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. What is that? What is the terror of the Lord? Uh, we hear all the time we, fear, we must fear God, uh, but people don't fear God no more. What's that all about, Brother Keith? Why don't people fear God no more? Has, has God lost His luster? And He's and he, and he, as mean as He used to be. Is He like me? He just got so old and don't fear Him no more. Once upon a time, people feared me. Now they just fear to see me. That's all it is. But people don't fear the Lord no more. And I don't understand that. He's the same God today as He was yesterday. And the same God He's going to be tomorrow. And I'm telling you what, you better fear Him because there's a day coming. Oh, let me tell you, if God's glory is going to be revelated between all men, therefore the turn of the Lord will fall upon us. And it's up to us, Brother Clarence, to persuade men to fear God. That's what our job as ministers and 
children of God are supposed to do. Let people know that there's a downside of not accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Gene, there's a price to pay, brother, if you don't accept Christ. And I'm not going to make you pay it. Man's not going to make you pay it. But knowing the terror of the Lord, one day it's a coming. And you're going to pay that price if you don't accept Him as your Lord and Savior. But He asked us to persuade men. He does. You know, Sunday morning, I, the Lord was just wiring me out that there was somebody lost in His church Sunday morning. They was. But the church was burdened so much with that and He just wouldn't let us in service because of that burden knowing it was being carried here by somebody. But they just never would release and they wouldn't submit herself. But that's okay. We'll still carry that burden and we'll keep on carrying that burden to this lost person if he be indeed be on our list gets off our list because it's the burden that He asks us to carry because He wants us to persuade men that we are made manifest to God, and if you'll trust in God and submit and confess your sin, praise be to God, we can go to heaven. That's our reward. We're heaven bound. We're on a heaven train, Brother Keith, if it be your will. We've got our ticket punched, ready to go. You've got a seat set aside with your name on it. Ain't nobody can get it either. But there's those who still stand in the aisles without a seat. And it's a, a train is in this situation going to be a lot like a plane. There is no standing in the aisles on an airplane. You either have a seat or you don't. That's the way this train's going to be. There's no standing in the aisles. So it's our job. Because, Clarence, we know. You and I are ministers of God. We've been ordained as God's men. To persuade me and let them know that one day we're going to look upon the face of Christ and we're going to stand before Him on judgment day. And He's going to judge us of our sins. And if you've not confessed your sins, His judgment's going to come quickly, I'm afraid. And if you have, God's blessings will be upon you. He says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are manifest unto God, and trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may somehow or somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. Now, Tony, you've been in this game a long time. You've seen those whose glory only in appearance and not in their heart. Who confess to know Christ, but do they? Knowing the terror of the Lord We've got to persuade people like that. Do you know how many people's names are on the church, church roll tonight that's not going to heaven? There's a bunch. And you know what? Numbers are growing. 
It, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, that, 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 that number should be going down, but instead it's, it's skyrocketed out of control. And I don't understand why that is. Somewhere along the way, I missed a boat. I just don't, can't figure out why God's people has got so far away from Him that they're not heaven bound no more. Why is that, Brother Clarence? Well, I'll tell you why. They weren't really God's people. That's just the way it is. They might have confessed to be saved, but Gene was a really saved. Because there's a difference between thinking and knowing. And if you don't know that you've been saved, and if you don't know that you know that you know that you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God and the blood of Christ has not been put upon you, and if you're not being saved by the blood-bought privilege of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you've not originally been saved, you are not heaven-bound. But it's left up to us to persuade men. It's left up to us, Keith. Because if we don't, the world's not going to. He said, for whether we beside ourselves, it is God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto them which died for them and rose again. That's what Christ did, rose again. On that third appointed day, that's what he did. He rose again. And, and, and ain't nobody, history's not going to change that. It ain't going to be the second day. I know somebody's going to come out with, with some sort of book one of these days and say, Christ really rose on the second day. Uh, that, that, that we did research and we did archaeology facts and we found bones that's three and a half trillion years old and we know by looking at them bones that he rose on the second day. Well, I've got news for you. I've got living written proof right here in my hand that's been documented for thousands of years and has been written down by the prophets of old and the disciples of Christ. And he and I can tell you as I stand here tonight on that third and appointed day, he rose again. Oh, in three days, I'll build that temple back. Oh, they made fun of him, Brother Clarence. They looked at him like, you can't build his temple back in three days. Oh, how ignorant they were. They had no idea what Christ was talking about. The temple was the body of Christ. And when you put it to death, I'm going to rise on that third day. And when I do, you're going to know the glory of God. Praise Jesus. But it's left up to us to persuade men, Clarence. It is. If we don't persuade them, who will? If we don't persuade them, who will? They've got to know the terror of the Lord. I know it's not pretty. I know it's hard sometimes. And I know sometimes it will probably drive people away. But let me tell you something. You can catch flies a whole lot easier with honey than you can with vinegar. And when you start giving them vinegar and you make them like it, that's when evil becomes good. And good becomes evil. Bible tells us about that in the book of Isaiah. He, he prophesied that a long time ago. That's old news. And I mean old news. That's old news, Brother Keith. 
We know what the world's going to do and what they're going to try to make us like. And we know what they're going to try to force feed us. But here's what I know. I know that I know that I know that Christ died for us and He went to the cross and He shed His blood for the remission of my sins that I could have grace and I could have life and I could have mercy and I could have it more abundantly. And I could have hope that one day I'm going to be a winner either way. I knelt beside Jack's bed and sung that song. And as I read it, he wept. As I sung it, he wept. Because he knew. He knew. Jack was ready to go. It was time. I don't know if he's seen a sign from heaven or what it was, but he was ready. He didn't want no medicine. He didn't want nothing to try to help him extend his days here on this earth. He knew it was time. You know, I don't reckon Jack Harley took an aspirin in his life, as far as I know. Uh, no medicine in his medicine cabinet to speak of. Uh, Jack never took medicine. And I know it's hard to believe Jack was in his 80s when he left this world and still relatively healthy. But he knew it was time to go. He says, Wherefore henceforth know no man after the flesh, yea, through we have known Christ after the flesh, you now henceforth know we him no more. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, if we don't. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, and we have, and we do, and we will, Yet now, henceforth, know we Him no more. What is that? What is that? Our nation and our world today are going through times that that people are giving up on their faith because of what's going on. When their faith should be the strongest, that's when it's becoming the weakest. They've given up Christ. They don't believe no more. It's not in their heart no more. They don't love Him no more. And I don't know why that is. Knowing what He did for us. Knowing what He put Himself through. How we can't fear Him no more. Why don't men fear God no more, brother? Keith, why are you saying that? Lost his luster. But I have good news. He says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, now if any man or woman be in Christ, or child, be in Christ. If we know Him from the free pardon of sin, and we have repented and confessed our sin, like John the Baptist told us to, we can be a new creature. That's pretty good stuff, ain't it, Gene? Knowing we've got that promise, that one day we're going to be a new creature. The angel of the Lord 
when he appeared to John the Revelator on the island of Patmos. There'd be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more darkness. All will be light. That comes along with being a new creature. That's what we're promised. A covenant, if you would, that he's made to his people because he loved us so much. He said because all of our old things are going to be passed away. We're not going to have cancer no more. We're not going to have pains in our bodies that we just don't understand why it's there or, or aches and pains from, from whatever it may be. That's going to be gone. No more eye situations, Donna, that you got to worry about. Because all we're going to see is light. And that's going to be shown from the throne of grace. Behold, all things have become new. <laughs> Ain't that good? <laughs> Ain't that good to know that? That, you know, most of us here, if not all of us, is a bunch of misfits. We do our utmost best to serve the Lord. But, you know, we, we fall short every day of His glory. We know that. Uh, believe it or not, uh, before that message tonight, the Lord had me in the, in the 43rd chapter of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, and, and why He got me off of that into this, I have no idea. You may get that Sunday morning. I don't know. Uh, that's all on the Lord. Uh, but He had this message tonight for somebody. Because he burdened my heart with it so, so, so hard today. And this evening, all I care all I thought about was, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Lord, you look at the world today and thinking how sorry and pitiful it's become and, and how those that you love has gone on to be with the, our Heavenly Father and, and those who's left behind are still struggling to make it through this world, waiting to get to the finish line, Brother Clarence, it be His will. And we see the, the world that's out there, we don't, we don't recognize it no more. We, somehow, Marie, we don't, we don't, we don't see anybody that we know anymore. That everything is just different. And I don't know why that is, because the world has lost its way. Or have they? They may just have blinders on. I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask you to survive. Because it is left up to us, Christ, to persuade men that there's still, that there's still hope. There's still hope. You know, this may be a gloom and doom, a situation that our churches are in tonight, but, but there's still hope. <laughs> For those who, who are out here and out lost and out in the world uh, that's living lives that, that spoke against in the Bible, uh, uh, that, that knowing good and well they shouldn't be a living, uh, and those who are sinning against God, knowing that it's a sin, uh, an abomination to God, if you will, uh, the reason He uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, or whatever it may be, there's still hope. As long as you're living and breathing, you still have a chance. But don't roll them dice. Too many times that the snake eyes are going to come up. And when he does, then it's too late. So let's stand, if you will. That's the message tonight. If any man be in Christ, you're a new creature. Praise the Lord. 
praise and praise. Yes, thank God. Hallelujah. And everything else that you can say, Amen. And then, boy, just whatever you can put out there, it's good to know that. That gives us assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fortune. Lord, tonight.